Beloved, we return to Deuteronomy chapter 7, and we complete the chapter this morning. We'll be looking at Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 25 and 26. Hear now the word of the Lord. The graven images of their gods shall ye burn with fire. Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared therein, for it is an abomination unto the Lord thy God. Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be a cursed thing like it. But thou shalt utterly detest it, and thou shalt utterly abhor it, for it is a cursed thing. May the Lord bless the reading, the preaching, the hearing, the believing, and the obeying of his holy word. Well, I remind you, we are still in the exposition, the application of the first commandment. Uh, Moses will do that with each of the Ten Commandments. He will expand and apply. We're still looking at the first commandment. But the first commandment, as we often talk about, is so closely tied to the second. False gods, thou shalt have no other gods before me. False gods are so closely tied to the idols that so often represent them and make the people who worship these false gods through these false idols just like them. I neglected to mention we're going to turn to two psalms today as we think about and apply this text. Psalm 115 and Psalm 97. And we're going to turn to Psalm 115 first, then we'll come back later to Psalm 97, which you sang this morning. So please keep this text marked in Deuteronomy, but turn with me to Psalm 115. I almost changed our psalm to sing before the sermon to Psalm 115, but we're so familiar with it, I'd like to look at it. Decided to leave it with Psalm 97 just to see a similar concept. Psalm 115, I want to read the first eight verses. What you're seeing here is idols don't actually do anything. They are lifeless. And those who worship them become just like them. Verses 1 through 8 of Psalm 115. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. Now notice the silver and the gold. Our text today will say, Even the silver and the gold around the wood of these idols has to be completely destroyed. You can't keep it. You can't melt the idol, but keep it for its value. You've got to get rid of it completely. We'll go back to verse 5 here. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet they have, feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. Now listen to verse 8. They that make them are like unto them. 
so is everyone that trusteth in them. Now, God today is going to be is saying in our text, don't take the graven images, the idols of the world you're about to take over. You have to destroy the people. You also have to destroy their idols. The people who made the idols are just like them without God. Deaf and dumb. They're effectively dead. They're effectively lifeless. And they will be in hell forever without Christ who is the life. God who alone is life. Notice though it also says not only the hands that make them, but the hands of those who take them. Remember in Acts, was it Ephesus I believe? Hours, right? People screaming against Paul. Why? Because the people who were making false idols were mad at him. Why? Because when people became Christians, all of a sudden that affected business. Nobody wanted to buy false idols anymore. That's how it should look in our lives now for Christ. We don't want the false idols of this world anymore. Because if we take them, we'll be just like them. Death. Lifeless. And that is the concern of our text today. What it does to you. Look back at Deuteronomy with me. Chapter 7, verse 25 the graven images of their gods shall ye burn with fire. Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared therein. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God. It's a snare. You will be ensnared. You'll be trapped. You'll be devoured by them, by the world. You won't really control them. That's what idols are about, trying to control God. That's why it's so often related to magic, which is forbidden, by the way, in the scriptures everywhere. More importantly, the concern is, while you think you're going to control them, they actually will control you. They'll ensnare you. Your life will be run by idols. You won't run them. Worse still, what Psalm 115 verse 8 says, you'll be just like them. Look at verse 26 of our text, the first part. Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be a cursed thing like it. These things are cursed. You make them yours, you'll be cursed just like them. You'll be just like these dumb, lifeless things that are nothing but to be burned in the fire. You'll be just like them. So your own self-preservation... Beyond just worshiping God alone as your God and not turning to idols that lead you to these false gods. Your own self-preservation should keep you motivated. You'll become just like them. Now, also, when it says cursed, you'll be cursed just like them. Where it talks about these things being cursed, the word is hared. And we've looked at that in Hebrew when he's called us to holy war at this time in the Old Testament, specifically destroy everything. It's a devotion to destroy. It's a pretty strong, intimidating word, but it's spoken about with these idols. We are to be devoted to destroy them. But if we're not, God will be devoted to destroy us. Two times in verse 26, that word hered is used. A thing to be devoted to destruction. That's what idols are to be. And that's what we will be if we give ourselves to idols. Graven images 
or idols, things made to represent false gods or even God himself, made out of whatever material you want to choose, even if it's just the material of your mind. Graven images or idols of the world are to be utterly destroyed by God's people from their lives, lest they become just like them before God, lifeless. I give that to you as the main idea of our text this morning. Graven images or idols of the world are to be utterly destroyed by God's people from their lives, lest they become just like them before God, lifeless. The walking dead, you may say. And that's what it is to be of this world, serving the gods of this world. It's not to enjoy the abundant life of Christ. It's to walk around like the living dead. Verse 26 says they are not only to burn the wood and idols, but they are to destroy, completely melt and disintegrate the silver and the gold that covered them. They're not even to keep the silver and the gold. Oh, well, we did destroy the idol, but, you know, we used the gold and silver and we reproduced it into some nice things. You know, we want to be good stewards and thrifty. No, destroy it all. Destroy it all. There's always a danger to them. Remember Exodus 32. Moses hasn't come down yet with the Ten Commandments. And already they give their gold, not from false idols, but from the Egyptians. God gave it to them. But they give up their gold. They give up their precious metal. And they make two golden calves and say, these are your gods who delivered you from Egypt. I mean, God is in a special manifestation in their presence. They've seen all these amazing things. And as quick as you can bet, they are already making idols with their gold. And they're pretending it's somehow representing God. This is idolatry. If they were to make the image, in the image of Jesus, it would be just as sinful an idol idolatry. Now, remember, it was such a severe sin that it was therefore severely punished. Moses worked with the Levites. By the way, a number of people were killed for it. And then they melted the golden images, mixed it with water and made them drink it. Let's see how powerful these gods, your idols are as you consume them in your bellies. A similar danger, not long after they do go in and start to conquer. When they do go into the promised land, they need this reminder today. Which, as you're going to see, almost everything we have is just a reminder of a reminder of a reminder. Because you and I forget all the time. But just a little while later, in Joshua chapter 7, when they're starting to take over the land, Achan... Joshua chapter 7, verse 1, and then verses 20 to 26, he kept what is called the accursed thing, the same Hebrew word, a thing devoted to destruction by God, a false idol of a false religion representing false gods. He kept it. He kept a lot of their riches, of their gold and silver. He kept it when they were not to keep any of it, but to destroy it. And so God punished the people and they didn't have victory as a people until it was exposed. And then Achan and his family and his animals were all stoned to death by the people at God's command. This is serious stuff, folks. It's just as serious today. Whatever idols you may be holding in your heart, if not in your hearth. 
Thus it was stated earlier in verse 5 of Deuteronomy 7. But thus shall ye deal with them. Ye shall destroy their altars and break down their images and cut down their groves and burn their images with fire. Now, by the way, that's just reminding also the second commandment, right? Thou shalt not make for yourself any graven images of anything that is above or on the earth or that the water beneath. You don't make them. You don't bow down to them. God doesn't want to be worshipped that way. And he doesn't want you in danger of worshipping false gods because of those things. So we're just looking at a review of the, of the second commandment here. But he's warning, when you go into the new place, you destroy the world's idols. You don't keep them. You don't make a new use for them. You completely destroy them. Now look with me back to chapter 4, verse 16. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 16. Lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female. By the way, sometimes their gods were both. Keep that in mind on the sermon we had in Deuteronomy later on on transgender stuff. And we'll come back to it. It's worth mentioning that at this time, isn't it? Or the likeness of any beast that's on earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air. Verse 18, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth. Lest thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the host of heaven, should be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God hath divided into all nations under the whole earth. So verses 16 through 19, once again, he's saying, watch out for graven images in any likeness of anyone or anything. You will be in danger because of those things that are nothing of worshiping false gods who are nothing and then be like them. Nothing. Nothing but ready for the fire. Now, turn with me. We'll come back to Deuteronomy 7 again. Turn with me to Psalm 97, which you sang this morning together before the sermon. And look at verse 7. There's a similar overlap here and a call to, to what to do about it as Psalm 115. Idols are nothing, and you who choose to trust in them will be nothing, whether you make them or you take them. Psalm 97 verse 7 says, Confounded be all they that serve graven images, that boast themselves of idols, worship him, all ye gods. Confounded. It's the same. Confounded is confused. By the way, what does God say he's going to do with all the people of these nations with these idols? I'm going to put confusion on them. It's going to be easy to beat them. I'm going to put confusion. They're already confusing themselves with these false gods, trusting in gods that are no gods with no power to deliver them. And these idols that represent them and keep them in slavery to them. So notice verse 7 says you will be confounded. That's the same thing that God is saying today. You'll be just like them. You'll be lifeless. You'll only be something devoted to destruction, just like them. Instead, therefore, follow the lead of Psalm 97, verse 1. The Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of isles be glad, therefore. Verse 6. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. Verse 9. For thou, Lord, art high above all the earth, thou art exalted far above all gods. And verse 12. 
Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Don't turn to idols. You'll be confounded by that. Just believe and trust in the Lord. Or as Psalm 115 verse 9 says, which follows the warning of verse 8. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Trust only in God. And you know you're going to be so tempted to give yourselves to idols of this world. Whether it's some figurine that has too much, uh, whatever you want to say, it's a, it's a item of uh, some kind of special memory, you don't want to get rid of it. Or you make something like that, you make something a shrine, such as in Japan, they literally make pictures of their dead loved ones, a shrine that you have to worship as you go in and exit their homes. Which is one of the most difficult things about conversion in Japan. The other one is, they don't want you ever to be baptized. But the idea that you would show an homage that is religious worship to these false idols of your ancestors. This is all over the world and it still is today. You walk into such a home, you don't do that. You have to say, I'm sorry, I cannot worship or serve false gods. I can acknowledge the picture, but I, I, I acknowledge the memory. I am not going to give it any religious meaning or connection. This is not just Old Testament, beloved. You and I are in danger of thinking, oh, well, this is really an Old Testament thing. No, it's not. It's really not. You will go into restaurants today, as we've talked about recently in our study in the Shorter Catechism, and you're going to walk right by Buddha. Something we should think about. They're everywhere, all around us, and we become numb to them, and we're in danger of becoming dumb like them. Leave your fortune cookie closed, if you will eat there, and drop off a church track or business card for them to read as you exit. Drop one in the hands of Buddha if you dare walk by him. I'm tempted to knock him over and cut his head and hands off, like Dagon. It's not just Old Testament. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 7 warns you, pointing at everybody in the Old Testament as your example, not to follow. Neither be ye idolaters. As some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Well, that's when they made the golden calves. And by the way, what were they doing? Joshua thought he heard playing. It wasn't playing. It's the kind of lifestyle that goes around with these false idols. It's very often related to sexual things and fornication in the pagan worship, which is why the context of 1 Corinthians and many things in the scriptures also say flee fornication. Very often connected. Is not inappropriate sex an idol of this world? Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Later on in 1 Corinthians 10, flee from idolatry. Don't be idolaters. Flee from idolatry. Right there, packed together in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, which all leads to what? The Lord's Supper in chapter 10 and then into chapter 11, the Lord's Supper. Verse 
with a warning not to participate with pagan temple feasts and their idols, which are devils. Paul tells us the idols are actually nothing, but what's behind them in false worship are devils. You don't go to a false place of worship because you're friends with somebody. Oh, maybe you can attend a funeral, but you don't participate in anything there. And you might have to keep your distance. How do you apply this today? Colossians 3 verse 5. Paul says covetousness is idolatry. What's the 10th commandment? Thou shalt not covet. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. Coveting some woman or man that doesn't belong to you. Don't covet your neighbor's house. Don't cover their animals. Don't cover their servants. Don't covet. Don't wrongfully desire what is not yours, never will be yours, can never be yours. You want things as if that's going to give you happiness, more money, a better job. These things are not necessarily wrong. But if you're coveting them as if they are the answer to your happiness and peace in your life, you will always be serving an idol and a false god. Covetousness is idolatry. New Testament. And we're being warred against idols today. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 10 For the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows the warning today don't make such things your idols you'll be just like them if you take on the world's idols for yourself, you will worship its people and yourselves as gods and be like them and not have the living peace of God in Christ that is not of this world. He does not present himself to you in pictures, but in words. Remember chapter 4, verse 12. Back to Deuteronomy. Turn a little earlier before chapter 7. Turn to chapter 4 with me. Now remember, there's a preface and then there's a historical prelogue in these ancient Near East peace treaties, which is what Deuteronomy is and what the Ten Commandments are in short form. So in the historical prologue of all that God has done for the people, as a reminder to now remember, keep my Ten Commandments, the stipulations in short form, and then... The big explanation application in long form. That's following a Near East peace treaty between king and people. God the king, we the people. In the historical prologue, reminding him of all that he did for them and all that they need to be warned not to do again against him. Deuteronomy 4, verse 12. And the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire. Ye heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude. Only ye heard a voice. Notice how often God talks about no false idols. And he reminds them at Sinai, when I give you the Ten Commandments originally, you did not see me. Oh, you saw manifestations of me, but you did not see me. You had no image of me. You heard my voice, which is amazing to consider. They heard the voice of God, but he did not show himself. Even Moses, who wanted to see him, only got to see his backside, so to speak. And he had to be turned away and protected from God's presence, lest he die. 
God does not give himself in images. Christ did not leave some shroud of his face for us to worship through. So how blessed are you when you are content to hear the voice of Jesus from his word and by his spirit. He did not leave you a book of drawings, but a living book of words. You must not make images even of him on these walls. And you are wise to give yourselves to the book and flee idolatry. Be like Abraham in Genesis 14 and 15. After he had great victory rescuing Lot and uh, the kings he was with, he did not accept any tribute from the kings. They offered him great riches. He He didn't take any of it. Because he said, I won't have anybody saying they made me rich. God made me rich and I won't risk God being brought down to some idea of other false gods. God alone is king of kings. He made me rich and I will not take any of the plunder of this war so that anyone dares to think that anybody but God has made me rich. That's the way we have to be. And then how does God respond? He meets with Abraham and he says, Abraham, fear not. I am your exceeding great reward. He personally meets with him and blesses him. He is alone, the God who has called him and called his people out of this world, away from its idols, to take over the world, inherit it with no idols and only one nation under the true God. So Jesus visits with you today in worship to remind you you don't see him. One day face to face in his humanity, but you don't see him. So make no images of him, but you do hear him speak through his earthen vessel. And he is the one literally, though spiritually, who will be serving you the supper this morning. But don't make idols out of those things that are only symbols. Rather, let them remember him and his body and blood. Be like Jesus, refusing to serve Satan for all the kingdoms of the world. Because he alone is king of kings. And he made you priests and kings of his holy eternal nation. Act like him. Otherwise, as John D. Curd writes, if the Israelites, and you can substitute the word if Christians... Worship idols, then they in effect become Canaanites and thus are worthy of destruction. So heed the warning of the text in Psalm 115 and Psalm 97. Don't trust in idols and false gods. Trust only alone in the Lord God who will not be represented by an image and will not tolerate the worship of anything else in any kind of image. What will happen to them? What's to be done to them? Don't miss this image. They are to be burned with fire. So will everyone be who trusts in them and wants to pretend it's worshiping God or is happy to recognize it's some other God. In the end, they will be burned with fire. But Jesus warns, it will be a fire that never goes out. There'll never be an end to the melting. Be warned again by God today. 
Quoting Psalm 97, verse 7. Confounded be all they that serve graven images. That is the message for you from the text this morning, quoting Psalm 97, verse 7. Confounded be all they that serve graven images. God protect us. God protect our hearts. Let us pray. O oh Lord God, we acknowledge you to be the only true God, and yet we also acknowledge what John Calvin has said in the past. All of our hearts are like idol factories. O oh Lord, forgive us and cleanse us and create a new hearts in us and renew right spirits within us. O oh Lord, let us worship you alone and let us not give ourselves to the idols of this world. Protect us from the love of money. Protect us from covetousness and the lust of the world and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And let us not trust in anything and put our hope and our eyes and our arms around anything but you, Lord God, who have put your arms around us. And we do thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all your people said.